Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast. If you're already doing so, thank you and tell your friends to do so as well. Besides nhte.net, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen apps at nhte.net. The show is on a whole bunch more, though, so don't despair if you don't see your favorite one on there. Look for this show almost anywhere that you get podcasts. Today I am joined on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by a singer, songwriter, guitar player who is actively performing there in Music City and is writing music to prepare for her next release. She did put out an EP earlier this year and is passionate about using her platform to inspire students to believe in themselves and be inspired by her own story, which we will talk about on this episode. She was on Team Blake on Season 6 of The Voice, and in addition to there in Tennessee, she has also performed in the likes of Pennsylvania, Delaware, Florida, and Nevada. You've been hearing a song of hers called Boomerang. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Audra McLaughlin. Hi, how you doing? Great. Audra, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's super. I love it. I love podcasts, so I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's start off by having you tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Boomerang. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Boomerang was a song that I had heard um, about two years ago, actually, in a pitch uh, session you know, I don't know if they're familiar with what a pitch session is, but um, I do also write my own songs. But a lot of times if you're searching for, you know, different songs that you would like to record, you go in and a bunch of publishers um, let you listen to songs that other artists have written. And uh, Boomerang was one that I had heard and I just I just loved it. And um, it's, you know, spoke to me. And I ended up actually doing a music video on it, which was my very first music video that I did. um in Nashville, which was two years ago, and um, it was my first solo music video. So, yeah, it's super exciting, and um, it's it's a fun song, and the music video is really fun. So, if they get a chance to check it out, um, it'd be awesome. Well, since I was talking over it, just tell the listeners what the premise of the song is. The song Boomerang is basically about kind of going back and forth into a bad relationship that you probably shouldn't be involved in and you know there was a time and period when I was in a relationship where I continued to go back and forth to this person that you know I knew deep down that they weren't right for me but um you know I I just had felt had that danger kind of you know that I had to keep going back and forth to this person that you know was this bad boy type guy and um but yeah that was that's basically the kind of the meaning behind the song and when I heard it at the time, you know, I totally related to it because I was getting out of a similar situation. Um, so, yeah, that's what it's about. So if you go into a pitch session and you hear a song that you like, but you can't relate to it, is it a case of, it doesn't matter if I can relate to it or not, if it's a good song, it's a good song. Or is it, no, it really does make it a lot more meaningful to me, Bruce, if I hear something like Boomerang where I say, wow, I can personally relate and connect with that song. I, you know, I feel like for me personally as an artist, I don't like to record songs that I can't personally relate to. Or maybe, you know, there has been times where um, sometimes you might look at, you know, a friend's situation and you say, oh, well, you know, I had a friend that went through that. But um, a lot of times most of the stuff that I record or write is mostly stuff that, you know, I've experienced, um, you know, on a personal level, just because I don't like to sing about things that, I haven't, you know, once, you know, been through because I like to explain the story behind Mm. the songs a lot of times when I have shows. But, um, you know, every artist is different. I know a lot of artists that they like just like to record songs that they just feel like people can just relate to. And maybe they haven't been through that particular situation. 
Yeah, but I like that, though, because I, I get it. You know, in, in your own personal situation, you feel that it could be a great song, but if it's just some abstract concept that you just can't wrap your head around, it's going to be pretty tough to really feel the song when you're performing it. So it's probably just as well to absolutely. say, it's a good song, but I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's definitely been a lot of cases and, and some pitch sessions that I've been in where, you know, I've heard some really gorgeous songs and I was like, you know, on the fence as well. I really like this, but you know, maybe I can find another one or maybe I can sit down and write one with, you know, a co-writer and, um, a, you know, about something that maybe I went through, you know, mm. so kind of the process that I, that I like to do. Okay. Okay. Well, listeners, last week on episode 297, you heard me interview Braden Sunshine, and he talked about when he was on Team Gwen on season nine of The Voice and how his mother had tricked him into going into an audition for season eight. There have been lots of guests here on Now Hear This Entertainment from American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, even The X Factor. And Audra, as I mentioned in the intro, you were on Team Blake way back on season six of The Voice. Even though that was quite a while ago now, we're actually currently season 17 is airing. Are there still lessons learned that you carry with you to this day from that show? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it it feels like so long ago today. It's crazy. I can't believe it's been almost five years. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff that I learned during the time when I was on the show. Um, You know, a lot of it was kind of how the real music business is in real life, because, you know, a lot of it is fast paced and you're getting up early for interviews and then you're going straight to rehearsals and you're going to meetings and, you know, so it's, it's kind of sort of teaches you and shows you how like the real music industry really is when you kind of do get into it. And it kind of gives you a little bit of taste of what you're kind of getting yourself into. Um, But a lot of it is, you know, I was young at the time. I mean, um, I was 21, 22. So I was really nervous and, um, it was my first time ever on a national TV show. So I think it really helped me to kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Mm. And, um, it, it also helped me to learn how to not over sing and over practice because when you're trying to save your voice for really important performances, it's important to know that when you're rehearsing, you don't have to fully sing each time because I've seen a lot of contestants almost blow out their voice right before they had to, you know, sing for the live shows or, or, you know, yeah, because a lot of them, you know, they, you know, or you're stuck in a hotel room, so you're not really taking care of your voice where it's important to, you know, get humidifiers and drink a lot of water and get a lot of sleep as much as you can. So Mm. yeah, you, you definitely take a lot out of those experiences and, um, it teaches you a lot of moving forward and in your career for sure. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Wow. Well, just to turn the corner here, Audra, we have been blessed to get listeners to this show from 149 countries around the world. For the benefit of those who are just being introduced to you for the first time, let's roll up our sleeves and get into the heavy stuff here. I'm going to read from a portion of your bio so that you can use this opportunity for your advocacy. It says, quote, Audra cares deeply about issues such as self-esteem and bullying in children and young adults, two problems she knows about and understands intimately because she had to learn how to cope with and overcome them in her own life due to a learning disability she had as a child that caused her to be an outcast of sorts from the cool kids in school, end quote. Yeah, that's um, that's the truth. I mean, uh, I went through a lot of bullying issues as a as a kid because you know I I was always a slow learner um, and I still am to this day honestly I mean I don't use it as an excuse you know in in life because I know that um, you know I have a lot of different outlets as far as music and and songwriting and um, stuff like that to to help me um, kind of cope with a lot of those issues but you know as a young a young girl. Um, you know, I was in separate classes from the other students, and that was tough. I mean, because you kind of feel like you feel, why am I different? Why why can't I be in the other classes with the other kids? But um, you know, as I got older, I realized it actually helped me because I was able to take my time mm. and learn how to read better and and learn how to um, write better. Because actually, I think you know, although English writing and songwriting is so much different, it's still 
helps you with, you know, grammar and, and different things like that. But, um, you know, I mean, when you're going through that whole process, you know, kids can be really mean. They're, they really can because they think, oh, well, she's stupid or this or that. And, you know, and there's, there's a lot of the things that people would say. And, um, you know, it really does kind of weigh on your self-esteem a lot. And um, I really did struggle with self-esteem issues. And I felt like I wasn't good enough. And, you mm. know, why can I be friends with this certain crowd or that certain crowd? But as I got older and I leaned more on music and more on, um, you know, things that I was better at, um, is kind of when I sort of got out of my own head, but, you know, I still to this day struggle with self-esteem issues and, um, I still learn slower. I still have to, sometimes I, when I'm reading stuff, I have to reread it to understand it, you know? So you kind of just have to take your strengths and your weaknesses and kind of work on them and, and put it into something else that you really love to do like music or, um, you know, anything sports, um, whatever anybody's interest is in, is in life, you just have to use kind of what you enjoy to do to um, take it to, you know, the next level. But at the same time, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but oh, you're fine. I'm listening to you and I'm almost thinking that this was a borderline coming home from school crying type situation. Am I, am I right or am I exaggerating a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was definitely pretty much almost every other day I was coming home pretty upset. And uh, my mom, you know, my mom was kind of at the issue. She was just, it was hurting her because mm. here it is like her little girl. And, you know, my, my dad worked, um, you know, second shift and like overnight stuff. So, you know, he was at work a lot and, and my mom worked as well, but she was always there at, you know, after, the, after school and was trying to help me with my homework and, um, you know, then deal with all the emotional issues that were going on in school with the bullying and, um, and you know, the, the crappy part about it all is that, you know, my mom would go up to the school and try to talk to the principal and sort of get the situations cleared up. And then of course you would have the kids then calling you a rat and, wow. you know, saying, Oh, why'd you go back and cry to your mom and all that stuff. And, wow. but you know, when it gets to a point where you don't even want to go to school anymore and you don't feel like you belong there, it's kind of becomes an issue. And, um, mm. but you know, in my day, um, I mean, you know, during the whole school process, I didn't, we didn't have Snapchat. We didn't have, you know, messaging and, and text messaging and all these Facebook and all this stuff to kind of torture the, you know, you after school per se, you know, yeah. but now there's so many social media sites that it's like, you can't get away from it. These, mm. these young kids coming up today in school, it's like, it's just so terrible. And um, I mean, I always thought my situation was bad, but like just seeing all the, you know, stuff that's coming out nowadays with just the social media in general is just breaks my heart, you know? And, but yeah, my mom, she, she definitely had to deal with it most days. <laughs> mm. It was hard. So Now present day, you're using your music, you're writing songs and you're going out and speaking to schools to inspire students to believe in themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as much as I can, I, I, I go to a lot of um, anti-bullying events. I've done a, a ton over the years um, in my hometown and um, I haven't done any in Nashville yet, but I've been talking to a couple different um, like friends about trying to see where I can, you know, maybe go and sing and or talk to the students or something. But um, yeah, I've done a lot in my hometown and went to my high school um I've went to the elementary schools and I've done like a lot of anti-bullying events and self-esteem events and stuff. And, um, you know, I kind of just try to let them know that, you know, things get better and, you know, there is ways to kind of cope and, and, and find kind of what they love to do and, um, you know, to get away from a lot of those situations and just find the people that, accept them for them because I think that's the biggest thing is like I wanted to be accepted by the popular kids and you know they just didn't but I had other friends that wanted to be my friend and I you know when you're young and growing up you want to be a part of the whole like in crowd you know but sometimes it's cooler to be the out crowd because a lot of times those are the ones that become more successful in life and just follow the out crowd because they end up being the in crowd <laughs> later in life <laughs> 
is what I always try to let them know. And if you're not careful, you're going to turn your back and alienate people who are going to say, you know, I was standing here all this time trying to be your friend, yeah. and you were busy chasing after the, the in crowd. So, you know, th thanks yeah. for nothing. Listeners, I would be remiss if I didn't also direct you back to episode 147 of this show and my interview with singer Brielle von Hugel, uh, coincidentally someone from American Idol. But she very much talked about using her platform, her music, to speak out against bullying, too. In fact, I'll put a link to her episode on the show page for Audra's episode on NHTE.net. And she had a song that is leading me to this question, Audra. So for those who are just being introduced to you for the first time, is there a particular song of yours that you would point people to for inspiration in terms of this whole bullying topic that we're talking about right now? Actually, um, it's funny that you say that. So I just got done recording a bunch of music, and I haven't released it yet, but there is a song that um, I wrote with my vocal coach and our other co-writer called Watch Me Fly, and it's um, all about, you know, basically just, and it's a very inspirational song, and it is tied in with the anti-bullying, um, and we have not released that yet, but it, it will be coming out very soon okay. um, before the first of the year, and or it's probably either the first of the year or before then, and that you know will be for um, for anti-bullying. Wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah, Audra and I absolutely. are recording this at the time that the AES and NAB shows are going on in New York. That's a regular occurrence this time of every year. You might know that if you're really into gear. Whether you are or not, though, I do encourage you to check out the various recording equipment from Tascam. If you've listened to this show for a while now, thank you, and you know that that's all I use. And you've heard a lot of my guests talk about their experiences using gear from Tascam. Even way back on episode 205, Roy Orbison Jr. said that his father, the late, great Roy Orbison himself, used Tascam back in the day. That's because they've been around for more than 45 years. Whatever you're doing, Tascam is helping hobbyists, indie artists, and touring professionals. Check out their full line of equipment at Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Audra, I had mentioned the speaking that you do, but besides being a singer, songwriter, guitar player, and now I'll say a speaker, in my research for our conversation today, I also ran across something that referred to you as an actress also. Um, so I, I, I've been trying to dabble in some, um, you know, acting kind of in the music videos and such, but I haven't done too much acting. I, I would like to do more acting um, once I kind of have more of like a platform to do that. But yeah, that's definitely something I'm I'm interested in. I've been in like a couple music video type stuff, like independent films and things. Um, so I figured that would be cool to add to the resume. But yeah, I haven't been in any, in any big, you know, roles or anything like that yet. But that would be really fun and awesome to be at, at some point. Gotcha. Well, you're originally from Philadelphia, but now live in Nashville. When and how did you make the decision to make the move? So I actually um, moved here about a year and a half ago. I was supposed to move to Nashville about two years ago, and then I ended up having to get vocal surgery, mm. which was a huge setback um, in my career. I was, you know, got off the voice, and I was doing a lot of touring and a lot of shows. And, um, and then, you know, this one particular summer, I was doing a bunch of shows, and I realized, like, my voice was starting to go out on me, and, I've always struggled with bad allergies. And um, so I always thought maybe it was an allergy problem. And um, I let it go. And then I finally went to an ENT and they sent me to like a specialist that um, had told me that I had, you know, cysts on my vocal cords that needed to be removed. Wow. And, you know, I had never, you know, thought that that would happen ever in my life because I had heard of other singers like Adele and you know, Sam Smith and uh, Megan Trainer. you know, to just to name a few, and Keith Urban, that had vocal surgery. And I was like, oh, you know, hopefully that never happens to me. But, um, I, you know, I didn't know how long the process of recovery was. And, man, that was totally, it, it was it was pretty terrible. I mean, I was out of commission for almost a year. Oh, um, gosh. I had to go to speech. Yeah. I had to go to speech therapy and vocal therapy almost every week. And mm. I uh, basically had to put my move to Nashville on hold and uh. stay at my parents' house. Uh, luckily, I had 
my parents to kind of help me through the whole process. But oh. um, yeah, it was it was kind of the perfect timing because I was just getting ready to lose my medical insurance with, you know, being on my parents. And um, so it would, like worked out at the perfect time. I was able to get the surgery and go through the whole recovery process and get my voice back. And then I was able to finally then, you know, take the big move to Nashville. But, um, you know, and I think it happened at a good time because I didn't have too much going on where like if I was right smack in the middle of like, you know, say a deal or something like that, it would have kind of been, you know, not fun to have to, you know, get set back and, and get surgery. So, uh, but now I'm healthy and I just, you know, I have to take care of it every day and just, um, be very conscious about it. But make no mistake, you were planning to move to Nashville in the traditional sense. I'm going to Nashville uh-huh. for my music career. It's not that something else led you there. You were just picking up and leaving Philadelphia because you wanted to really go full on with your music career. And Nashville is obviously one of the places that you go for something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the people that you meet in Nashville are definitely not the people that you're going to meet somewhere like Philadelphia. Um, Of course, I love my hometown, but, you know, the people that I've met just in the last year and a half by living here is just crazy. I mean, you know, from you just run into so many people that have worked with so many just legendary people. And um, I mean, you just, you find out things later, like, Oh, this person, you know, this publishing company or, you know, but it's just, it's such a huge network here. And, you know, you definitely wouldn't have that somewhere in Philadelphia. And I just knew that if I wanted to get further in my career and make this the goal to, you know, build up my contacts and like make connections and, you know, build relationships. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that there unless I just wanted to stay, you know, and, and stay local and, and just be a local, you know, singer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why I knew I had to take the move. And it took me a while to kind of get the courage. And like, I was kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to make money? How am I going to survive? How am I going to, you know? Mm. So, I mean, just like every other person, I had to come here. I had to get a job um, to pay my rent and, you know, basically just, uh, try to work my way up and find gigs and start, you know, kind of networking with people. And I'm still doing all that. I'm still working. I'm still networking. I'm still trying to find the team and recording and writing with people and, you know, just, um, doing all the necessary things that you have to do to kind of get to the next step that you want, that you want to get to. Well, and so you are to the point now where, you put out a release earlier this year, an EP, which obviously was recorded there in Nashville. So just tell the listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the five songs were uh, songs that I recorded with the, and uh, yeah, they're they're all really awesome songs. I, I grew up around a lot of soul and a lot of um, blues and a lot of country, so that's kind of what you'll be able to hear um, in the recordings of, of those particular songs. And uh, basically, I've just been out doing a lot of shows and promoting the songs and, um, you know, just trying to get them out there and trying to get some of them on like Spotify playlists and different things like that to, you know, get people to start hearing them and getting them heard. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun project and now I'm kind of just in the process of promoting it and performing and doing shows and just trying to get them out there to, you know, different listeners and, you know, current fans and new fans and, um, stuff like that. So, And uh, just give the listeners the title of the EP and who did you work with on that project? It's just, um, it's Audra McLaughlin. It's just basically a self-debut um, record. Um, and I worked with a guy named Jim Femino on that. Yeah, I know Jim. I, Do you? Yeah, I've seen him a number of years at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. He's a super talented songwriter. Yeah, it's a small world after all. That Very is. Cool. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, awesome. Obviously, mm-hmm. an, always an exciting time when an artist has a new release. Yeah, it definitely is. It's um, it's fun. You know, it's it's been nice to kind of get the reactions out of people. You know, regarding like what songs they like, and you know, it's good to get feedback because you know you never know like what people are going to like, and it's good like when you get to hear like, oh, this one's my favorite or that one's my favorite, and um, so it's, you know, but of course, you know, whatever songs you put out is always going to be like your babies kind of thing. And, um, 
you know, so it's um, it's kind of cool just to hear the hear the feedback of you know nice. what people think. So, although, but I I um I didn't write those though. Jim actually was the writer on those songs. Ah, okay, on all five of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is challenge yourself to find someplace new where you can get your music played. I don't just mean another online radio station that you're not on yet, but for example, Now Hear This Entertainment was recently added to the Laughable app. Their initial focus was promoting comedy and comedians, but they did open up to other types of shows, and that opened the door for me to get the show in front of more potential new listeners. Do the same thing for your music. Maybe look in the app store. Look at where some of your fellow indie artists are saying their songs are available. Research someplace new that you can land where you just might find new fans for your music. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Audra, there are two events that I want to ask you about. They're from a couple of years ago, but because we get a lot of listeners to this show who are up and coming performers, I know they're all wanting to know how to get these kind of bookings. So if you would, Talk about, these are from 2017, talk about the private event, the corporate show that you did in Las Vegas, as well as the Philadelphia Auto Show one month later, both of which, by the way, listeners were convention center events. So did you book those yourself? Did you have a booking agent? Did you know someone connected with one or both of those events? How did you get those opportunities? So when I got off The Voice, actually, um, I had a, there's a, a group, they're actually like a wedding band. It's called the Bob Hopkins um, Orchestra, and they're awesome. They play all over the all over the place. Um, and I had gotten an email from from them asking if I wanted to be like a guest on a couple of their corporate events. So what they do a lot of times is they um, like to ask people from like current seasons of television shows ah. to be a guest at like a lot of their corporate events because they'll have like say since I sing country they don't do a lot of country music but they might have a corporate event where the guest wants like a country act uh. yeah so I had actually um got asked to go out to Las Vegas there was one in Las Vegas one in Colorado Val Colorado and one um in California somewhere but the the particular one in Colorado I actually met these two ladies who um, the the one woman's husband is kind of h- higher up at um, the Quick Creek Concrete, um, which is a huge concrete company like nationwide all over the world. But she had mentioned um, her husband, uh, they have like a big um, corporate event out in Las Vegas every year at um, the convention center. And they have like, you know, a cocktail party and different stuff. And, so I didn't know if they were ever going to follow up with me, but eventually they did. And um, they wanted me to sing at their party. And for the last five years, I've been, I've had a consistent gig um, with them wow. with uh, Quick Creek Concrete. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of how that particular situation happened. Um, the convention center, or I'm sorry, the, um, the Philadelphia Auto Show. So that was also the same situation. A woman reached out to me. And it was actually a really cool situation. It was, so they just started the first year that I did, it was the first year they started this. um, It was like a very, they wanted to grab somebody from the area that had an inspirational message, like Uh, somebody uh, that, yeah, somebody that like overcame some like difficulty or something in their particular career. So that um, particular year, they featured me as one of the, um, 
one of the people. And then I think somebody else was like a basketball player or something like that. So it was kind of a motivational thing and it went, it goes along a lot with my, um, with my brand. So they had asked me if, um, if they wanted, you know, if, if I could be a part of it. And what they did was my picture and a quote that I had quoted was all over mm. the city of Philadelphia on all like the bus stops and wow. all the, um, yeah. So it was really cool. And in the train stations, like there was a big picture of me and wow. the quote and, um, and I sang at the, at the auto show and, um, yeah, it was a really awesome event, but that's how that came about. So. Well, I wonder getting back to the band that you mentioned, I think, did you say his name was Bob Hoskins? Bob Hopkins. Bob yeah, Hopkins. they're awesome. They're like a they're a wedding group and they play all over the place. But when they first contacted you and you said, you know, they look for people that are just coming off of the most current season of these reality shows, did you get an email from them and say, "Who are these people?" and then go back to your people at the voice and say, "Hey, I just got this email. Are these people legit or is it like, "Hey, you're done with the voice. You're on your own now. Like, find out on your own work if the, if this is legit or or am I kind of overthinking it?" Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, with with shows like The Voice, I'm not really sure how like American Idol or any of those other shows work. I can't really speak for them. But um, as far as The Voice, it's kind of like after the show, you're sort of on your own. Um, there's not really like, I mean, unless, you know, if somebody wins and they get a contract. Um, but with the, with the Voice, I, I know that like, you know, you have the, you get the platform. So that's basically kind of what you get out of it. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that after the show, they have a big team behind them. Um, in my situation, I didn't. So it was up to me to kind of basically find my own way and book my own shows and, you know, find my own management and different things like that at the time and write my own songs and record my own songs. So, um, yeah, a lot of it is what you get out of it. You have to kind of use it to your advantage and like use the platform um, that was given to you really um, and just engage the fans that the new fans that you built and stuff like that. And um, with that, I kind of researched them and looked them up and looked at their website and um, spoke to a few people that, you know, knew about them that they Uh, had at their wedding. So, you know, I basically kind of did a lot of research um, to find out if they were like legit. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Good, good. Well, Fast forward to present day, and I know that you're writing music to prepare for your next release. You talked about the song that will have the bullying tied into it, potentially around the first of the year. But other songs that you're writing is there? Is this going? Is this going towards another EP? Are you, do you kind of have a, a date in mind where you know maybe you're just going to release the single that you talked about before around the first of the year, and then do something? after that or or is it i'm just focusing on getting that one song out and we'll see what happens after that um yeah right now i am working on a lot of new songs so i'm kind of just writing a ton and just trying to figure out which batch of songs that like really speaks to you know speaks to me as far as you know my sound and kind of what i want to say um before i kind of put the money into it to just record um because i'm kind of just picky in that sense where like I just like to find the best songs that I feel like that, you know, speak to what I'm trying to say. And before I put all the money into it, cause I mean, I pay for everything my, myself, you know? So, um, you know, I have to make sure that it's, that it's right before I do that. But, um, yeah, right now I'm just focused on probably just releasing a single at a time and then, um, you know, releasing a full, full project. Um, but yeah, I'm just doing a lot of shows and, uh, a lot of like writing and just, really trying to get all the songs kind of together and recorded and and focus on, um, you know, kind of one thing at a time. Okay, but for those out there who are listening that are up-and-comers, don't miss the teaching moment that was in there because, Audra, what I heard you say was, I'm not going to record just for the sake of recording. Mm-hmm. So listeners, don't get don't fall into that trap. If you're a recording artist yourself and you feel like, well, the clock is ticking. It's been X amount of time since I put something out. I guess I have to put something out again. Listen to what Audra's saying. Don't record just for the sake of recording. You have to live with those songs. You have to go out and perform them. You have to feel them and believe them. So that's a that's a good lesson that that you just gave out there, Audra. Thank you. That That's very, Thank you. That's, yeah, that's good yeah, insight. Yeah, I think a lot of artists think that they just need to record, 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 and just, you know, just throw a bunch of random material out there. And I think really, you know, as an artist, like you should take the time to 
figure out like what it is that you want to say to your audience and the, the audience that you would like to reach, you know, um, instead of just throwing out songs that you think sound good, you know, opposed to well, what do they really say to you? So that's kind of my process when I, when I go to, I kind of take my time there and, um, you know, in the meantime to keep my fans engaged, I do a lot of YouTube videos um, and I, you know, engage that way and a lot of question and answers and I just keep them kind of, um, you know, still there so they don't go away per se. But um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely ways, there's definitely ways to, you know, to do it instead of just putting random things out there. (laughs) For sure, for sure. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Audra McLaughlin. Visit her official website at audramclaughlin.com. I will put a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. There are lots and lots of social media links on Audra's website so that you can engage with her. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Her music is streaming on Spotify, so you can follow her on there, but support her by purchasing downloads of her music from iTunes. Also, keep up with Audra online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live, especially if you're in or will be in the Nashville area. How are you enjoying my conversation with her? How do you like now hear this entertainment in general? Audra creates music in the country soul genre, and this show is what I create. Every episode, every week is my new release. If you enjoy it, if you feel I'm delivering something you like, maybe you get entertainment value from NHTE, maybe you get educational value or perhaps some of each, do consider supporting me and this show through Patreon. On nhte.net, you will see an orange button that says support us on Patreon. Use that to take a look and see what level you want to get involved I do have expenses associated with doing this show every week for more than five and a half years, and I would love to know that you're benefiting from it and want to support it. So thank you for considering the Patreon for NHTE. Audra, I was mentioning your social media channels there. You started to go there. I I, I do want to talk a bit about you are quite regular on posting YouTube videos to the tune of having well over 2,000 subscribers to your channel. It looks like you're being sure to post something every week on there. When, and maybe more importantly, how did you get yourself disciplined to make sure that you're putting up something new on there so regularly? Um, You know, it, it took a while because, you know, a lot of times I was, I was, originally I was just posting videos like when I could, but I realized when I went to, when I kind of started reading up on YouTube and how the algorithms sort of worked and um, sort of same thing with like Facebook and Instagram and and all the other social media, um, you know, I realized that the algorithm is what, um, you know, basically alerts the Facebook world or the YouTube world, like, Hey, she's posting. So we should kind of put her, in the, um, you know, under other videos and different things like that. So I just started doing a lot more research and realized that if you're not constantly active on YouTube, like at least once a week or twice a week, then, you know, people, it kind of starts to go down and and your videos don't show up and it just shows that you have an inactive like account technically. Mm. Um, so I sort of disciplined myself and like, I put a time side each week, like in, you know, say if I have nothing going on, like one day, I just take that day and I do like a couple videos within that day. So that way I have content ah. for the next, you know, couple weeks or so. Or, okay. um, you know, I just always make sure I have like at least a day that I can finish a bunch of videos. Okay, that's smart. That's smart. One other method of fan engagement that you have in place is you have Audra's Angels, which is your fan club. And again, thinking about your fellow indie artists out there who are listening right now, what advice do you have for them on something like that? Because I read the list of benefits that someone can expect for signing up for Audra's Angels, and all I could think of is, wow, that sounds like a lot of extra work for Audra. So is it all, <laughs> is it all worth it, though? Or would you tell a fellow indie artist, hey, it's quite a bit to take on. Like, don't do it unless you have help. You know, it, it is a lot of work because I am a one, you know, one person, you know, I'm doing a lot of everything on my own. Um, so you kind of just have to take like one day or something and, 
you know, do your emailing list and, um, you know, take a day to do your videos and learn the songs. And it is a lot of work. I mean, but it has to be done really because, um, you know, you have so many resources now with the Internet and for you not to use them would be, you know, just to your disadvantage. Um, and I've realized that now that I've been consistent on YouTube, I mean, I get at least a couple of subscribers a day wow. um, or, you know, in a, in a week, you know, which I've been noticing the more that I'm active on there, uh, which is cool because I'm just trying to build that up and build my fan base. And the, the more you can do that um, engages with your fans and like, you know, to bring in new fans as well, is just going to be of your, of your benefit. Um, because it is a lot of work. I mean, especially in the beginning of your career, um, when you don't have the kind of money to pay, you know, for instance, a, a manager or social media person or a marketing person or a PR person, because it costs a ton of money. So you kind of have to figure out how, like to put, you know, time management basically like say Monday, I'm going to do my YouTube videos. Right. And then, or, you know, Monday at this time, I'm going to send a couple emails out to some venues to book shows and, you know, just, you kind of have to manage your time and then, well, this day or that day, I'm going to go to this event and network, you know, Mm -hmm. so you can't do everything. And of course it's very overwhelming, but (laughs) if you try to schedule it out and just, um, you know, it's a lot easier when you when you kind of schedule it and you, and you have it in, um, you know, in that kind of format. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, if you've heard the last handful of episodes of NHTE, you know that I had gone out to Las Vegas for a speaking engagement the first full week of this month. I'm happy to report that while I was there, I was offered another speaking opportunity out there at the beginning of April which means that I've got to keep up on all the changes that are always going on in Vegas. I do that by reading the Access Vegas newsletter. In fact, you've probably heard me mention before that one of the tips you can get from receiving that is how to avoid the huge ATM fees. And I did exactly that when I was there a few weeks ago. I was in my hotel in Vegas. I pulled up the Access Vegas newsletter, went to where they gave that tip, and then I went out on the strip, mind you, and was able to get cash without a fee. I also just got the latest issue of Access Vegas and was reading about the change in the rideshare location at the airport, which is really helpful to know. You can get access to all this too by going to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then use the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off, and then sit back and have all this insider information sent to your inbox. Again, go to nhte.net, click the Access Vegas logo, and be sure to put in the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off. Audra, in looking through your list of live events, you sometimes list full band. So when someone sees you live, if it's not solo Audra, what and who does the full band usually consist of? Meaning what instruments and who are the other players? Um, so in Nashville, it's it's so much different um, because, you know, uh, the musicians kind of have to, it's just like being a singer. They have to take, you know, different gigs around town um, to make a living and make money. So I have a couple consistent um, band guys that I play with that when they're available, they can, they can play. But I kind of rotate players um, as, you know, whoever is available, basically. Um, but, you know, because that's why I keep the band. It's just Audra McLaughlin because I use different players a lot. Because right now, because since I'm not on like a, you know, I'm not like Carrie Underwood or, you know, on that level where I can have the same, you know, band members all the time um, to like pay them consistently on like a salary basis or however that works. Um, I basically just use a lot of different players and, um, but yeah, I do a decent amount of full band stuff. I mean, I do a lot of acoustic, a lot of acoustic shows, um, that tends to be a lot of cheaper on the pocket sure, sure. <laughs> uh, because when you do, when you do full band, you have to take in consideration if it's not in town, you have to rent a vehicle, you have to, um, you know, pay the gas expenses, you have to, pay each band member a, um, you know, basically you have to pay for their expenses. You have to make sure, um, like 
all their food is covered. You have to make sure that you pay them for rehearsal time and then you pay them to play. So it's just, um, it's a lot, it's a lot more out of the pocket, you know, but if you get, you know, at a venue where it, it works out and it's a decent price and that's fine. But I, I do a lot of more like, I kind of like to keep it like a trio more so uh, uh, because okay. the larger the band or the larger, you know, the band or the more people, the more cost um, you have to take in consideration. So I just try to do what, whatever is kind of cost friendly depending on the venue. So I take it that as a trio, you would probably be adding bass and drums. Is that the case? Yeah, so like, so I play acoustic guitar myself. So I do, um, you know, basically rhythm, I guess you would say, and then I have like a lead guitarist um, uh. who does all the fancy licks and stuff like that that I don't know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm switching it. I guess I do rhythm. I don't lead. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, I'll have a guitar player and a bassist and a drummer, which is like a three-piece band, and then myself. I so see. I, see. I try to keep it to just four total, um, because that way, because I play acoustic, so I can cover like you know the missing you know acoustic parts or something sure, like that. But sure. uh, but yeah, when I do acoustic stuff, I either do acoustic solo by myself, or I just have another guitar player come and kind of back me up. Gotcha. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a couple of go-to people that you like to use, but you also don't hesitate to use hired guns, as they're called, if the situation warrants and people aren't available. Yeah, that's kind of how Nashville is. It's it's a lot different than, like, when I lived in Pennsylvania, um, Philadelphia area, I had a consistent band that I played with all the time. I mean, they were, you know, um, and I still play with them when I go back home. Ah. Um yeah, so, um, I mean, when I can, like, a lot of, some of them are in different projects now, different bands, so, like, I don't get to see um, all of them all the time, but, like, I do use some of the same players when I when I go back home to Pennsylvania um, when I have gigs, but, yeah, here in Nashville, it's it's a lot different. Like, I have a consistent guitar player that I play with. His name is Cason Simmons, and he's from, you know, the from Nashville area, and a lot of times what he does is, since he's my uh, band leader, I guess you could say, he goes out and finds all the players for me. Ah, okay. um, so okay. like he, he'll find the keyboard player, the bass player, the drum, the drum, you know, the drummer or, um, so that's kind of his job out of the, um, of the equation. Uh, Cause he's been here for, I mean, he's from Knoxville, but he's been in Tennessee in Nashville area for years. So he, mm-hmm has a lot of um, friends who are gotcha. musicians. So gotcha. the more is the better to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're out of time, but we are going to close today with another song of yours, one called No Never. So before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Sure, yeah. No Never is a song that I loved when I heard it. Um, the very first time I heard it, it again, it wasn't a song that I, that I wrote. Um, but Jim, when I was working with Jim, He's such a great songwriter, and, um, you know, he pitched me a lot of different songs that he co-wrote with different people, and that was one of my favorite songs that he played me. It just, I connected it to it in so many ways, because it's basically about um, being afraid that, the, you know, your significant other is going to stop loving you, and um, it's that whole insecurity thing, again, that kind of creeps creeps into play, where, you know, you feel like you're not good enough, or you feel like, you know... Um, this person's going to stop loving you and this and that. And it's basically a reminder of the person speaking to the other person saying like, you know, I'm not going to stop loving you, you know, mm. like whenever you're in doubt, like just remember that, you know, I'm still here for you and, and that. So that's why I fell in love with the song because I feel like so many people can relate and I can relate in so many ways because, you know, you, you always doubt yourself when you're in a relationship. You feel like, oh, they're going to find somebody better than me or something like that. So um, that's why I decided that I wanted to record that one. Great, great. Good good description. Listeners, I promise I won't talk over it so you can hear the whole thing in its entirety <laughs> this time. But in the meantime, Audra, thanks so much for your time. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Bruce. It was so nice to um, finally chat with you. I hope to get to meet you in person sometime. No doubt, no doubt. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Audra McLaughlin. Do visit her official website at audramclaughlin.com. Again, I will put a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then from there, engage with Audra on social media. 
That means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment, regardless of when you're hearing this interview, by the way. Remember that Audra's music is streaming on Spotify, so follow her on there. However, one of the best ways that you can support her is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes. Keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see Audra perform live, especially if you're in or will be in the Nashville area. And keep up with her online to be in the know when she makes announcements related to releasing new music. Again, I am asking for your support of this show. If you feel you can afford to contribute and want to contribute, take some time. Think about the body of work that you've heard from me, the guests, the interviews, the tips in the Bruce's bonus segment, the education, the entertainment, and then take a look at the Patreon for this show. Go to nhte.net and use the orange support us on Patreon button and then go look to see what you can afford, which will help me with the costs associated with putting out a new episode every week. I do appreciate it, and I hope you'll see the value from this podcast and want to support it that way. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to episode 298. We'll send you out with another song from Audra McLaughlin. This is the one she just talked about. It's called No Never. I know you look at me And sometimes have you down Closely, and you'll see there's no need wondering back. Have you?